Hi again, everybody. Welcome to Radio MVP Sports Podcast, episode 160 of the Sports Podcast. Anthony and I recording for you. This is just kind of a little intro. We did have some technical difficulties with the first part of the podcast, so we're going to just pick it up from where it began. Uh, Anthony and I got into the new baseball season, obviously talking about the Cleveland Guardians and Stephen Kwan as uh, he has made an amazing start to his career. And that's basically where we're going to pick up this podcast. I apologize for the loss of uh, audio earlier, but we will uh, have the rest of the audio of the podcast going forward. So here's Anthony and I on episode 160 of the Sports Podcast from Radio MVP. Emphasize what I'm about to say, and it was a stat that Matt Underwood mentioned during this game. I was mm-hmm. watching their Indians are up, or excuse me, the Guardians up. are up 10 to 7 here in the ninth inning as we uh, record. Stephen Kwan has not swung and missed no. since September of last year. That's incredible. That's, yeah, I mean, that is, I mean, that tells you that A, he has a, a terrific eye at the plate, mm-hmm. and B, that he has great eye hand coordination. That he's yes, making exactly. contact on the ball. And that is something in today's baseball is missing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And more important, that is something this organization is missing. has not had in a very long time. We have a lot of swing and miss guys yes. throughout this lineup. Mm-hmm. And that is where the offense has struggled the last two years, especially last season. And the first two games this year is the swing and miss uh, ratio. Mm-hmm. And... That's why this Guardians team last season and spring training and obviously early, early first few games of this season has shown Mm -hmm. is the ability to put multiple hits together in one inning. Yeah. Like you mentioned in the first game, they did get seven or nine hits, something like that. Uh, They got men on base, but the problem was they couldn't advance them. And mm-hmm. that is something this this organization has been dealing with for about the last two three seasons. Well, the thing and that, it's gotten unfortunately it's on a downward, downward yeah. sw- you know swine uh, uh, swerve, I should say. And uh, you know that's something that they are going to have to get. And a player of Quan who possibly, I mean, it's so early. I hate putting him on yeah, this level because you just don't expect this to no. continue. No, you're However, not but if he does, year. if he is a guy who can make contact on a consistent exactly. basis, then he's going to move runners, mm-hmm. either with outs. And that's really a huge part of baseball is to get production out of your outs as much as your base hits in your walks. There's such thing as a productive out. And, you know, we saw it earlier today where Quan uh, had to fly out, but he advanced a runner to third base. Um, you know, exactly. I don't want to. I'm cautiously optimistic with Stephen Kwan. Sure. I like what I've seen. But like you mentioned, it's only four games. And if any of the last two prospect outfielders we brought up in Tyler Naquin and Bradley Zimmer for Tyus or anything, it's, they usually start really well. They didn't start as well as Kwan has. But when, when that plateau hits, is it going to be as steep as drop as it was for Zimmer? Now, Zimmer had the injuries and never really recovered after that, and Naquin, too. But the thing that you like you like to see, and you mentioned the last two or three years, is they've struggled to make contact or boom or bust. Tito said they're going to have to be first or third this year, take the extra base, be aggressive on the base pass, and they've done that. They've stolen bases against arguably a top three catcher in the league, maybe the best catcher in the league in Salvador Perez, um, but the thing you like, too, is usually in the past when they've had a big game scoring like they did yesterday, 17 runs, the next day they come back and it's one or two runs. Today we're at 10 runs in the ninth inning, um, and they keep adding on. They keep putting the pressure on the other team, and um, that's something you like to see when the bullpen's still in flux because of injuries and young guys and, you know, with the – Short in spring training, uh, the rotation's not stretched out yet. The rotation's not full yet. So you're kind of mixing and matching. And look, if you can go two and two and split a four-game series, you're going to take that any time on the road. If you would have told me this team's going to split the four-game series and score 27 runs after Saturday, I would have taken it in a heartbeat. So 
Um, well, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, an anomaly of, 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 of a lot of runs in two mm-hmm. games. And, yeah. yeah. It's a combination of what you just mentioned, the pitching staffs for both teams not stretched out. Yeah. And, and that's more players thing. seeing more action that's, earlier mm-hmm. than they ever would. Yes. You're I right. mean, for a perfect example, Brian Shaw has appeared in, in three games. Inning, yeah. Three the, games. Of the four, yeah. Three of the four games you got. right. He may pitch 145 games. And he only had a 10-day spring training. Yeah. Okay. Let's 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 be realistic here. Well, you like uh, to I see. Mean, I mean, um, I'm just. My point is, you're going to see. You should see a lot of runs this time of the year. Yeah. For the rest of April, uh, because you should be seeing pitchers who not quite as Stretched accurate yeah. as they probably mm-hmm. could be. And you saw it say with Aaron Savali, who's usually yeah, he, the walked strikes, a few. he walked three or yeah. four guys yeah. and worked around them and yeah he limited the damage when he was in there and you're um, still seeing the fielding mistakes that you see in spring yeah. training mm-hmm. uh you know Ramirez not going to first base yep. on the on the uh, uh, on the sacrifice uh, yep. bunt led to a, a big inning for for Kansas City uh you seen Quan drop the ball yep. in center you know in in left, left field, field yeah. and you're going to run into these things this time of the year i mean the wind's blowing and you know, Ahmad Rosario dropped the one in opening day. and I'm not going to put that in. He's not a left well, fielder. Well, we here's that. the thing. This is one thing that I, I understand what the Indians are doing. Excuse me. What the Guardians' yes. are goals doing, yeah. are. Rosario has a quality bat. We've seen yes. it last year. Mm-hmm. We've seen it this year, in so his so career yes. when he was in New York. When he plays on a consistent basis, the guy can hit 280 or better. He's that type of a hitter, and you mm-hmm. need that type of player in your lineup if he's available. The question is, does he have a position to play? Because a shortstop, he is below average. Yes, he is. You have a couple players who could play that position defensively that are much stronger. Yes. Jimenez going to be the answer at short? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. But he potentially has the same type of bat, meaning... He has shown stretches where he can hit. Mm-hmm. He's shown stretches where, where he, he cannot. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a combination of things. And your outfield is weak. So my only your out- my, my 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 biggest thing was if they were gonna put Rosario in the outfield, why did they wait to the last five days of training camp to make exactly. that decision? They could have made that decision a week La- into exactly. training camp or at the exactly. beginning of training camp and just say, and here, we go. want you to play left field because we are going to need you to play that. And then we're going to use you as a backup yes, in the infield. Exactly. And, and I would have been much more more satisfied with that versus let's start him a short and see if he can play the outfield and move him into a position he's never played. Uh, Even though he's on the same side of the field, He's not. He's never played corner outfield. No, he played center field last and season. And that was because center was field a struggle. Is, yes, it, you see the ball more yes. true off exactly. the bat. I think he's out, Tim. Yeah, as I do. Of watching the game, but um, yeah, you know the thing that frustrates me, and I, I guess the first game. Do you really want to stick him out there? His first game in left field, like you mentioned, it's completely different reading the ball off the bat when the weather the is the way it is. Man. You know, Saturday's weather is much better, so stick them out there Saturday. Now, look, we don't know. Um, we're not in the meetings. They might have. Well, you know, I, heard, I think I heard that the, the. I was listening to the game, mm-hmm. and, and and Hamilton said something that I thought was spot on. Yep. Going into the game, mm-hmm. and and this is where the quandary that that the Guardians put themselves in by making this move so late in training camp. If you're going to start him. If you're going to play him in the outfield, you have to play him there. Exactly. No matter Keep where, him there. no matter if it's a tricky f- scenario mm-hmm. like Kansas okay. City is, yep. or the Windsor thing, you just mm-hmm. got to show faith in the player that he can yep. handle it, and you're going to, you know, give him the 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 benefit of the doubt to do the yep. job, or you can't play him. You can't sit him and say, "Well, we think you should play, but we're we don't want you playing here because this might be a too difficult of a, an assignment for you today." You, it's like, for example, in football, if you have a a running back that you want to put it in a slot, but you're yep. saying, telling them, well, you know, you don't catch the ball, ball right. yes. you know, only yes. 35% at a time, mm-hmm. but we're not going to do that no more. Well, if it's part of the play call, 
you don't want to just take him off the field every time. Yep. You want to show some faith You're in right. the guy to get the job done. Yeah, you got to stick him out. You and keep and him out in all of it, too. It's just kind of like in basketball. If he's a three-point shooter and he's, he's 0 for 5, you don't pull him. No, you got to You, you tell shooting. him to keep shooting. Exactly. You keep playing your game, keep shooting. Yep. You may end up three for 20 in the, in, as a, you know, on a long, you know, on a big shooting night. Mm-hmm. But again, you, you know, that's his game. You don't, you don't want to take that away from him. My whole point is, yeah, it was a tough assignment for him and it just, it was a bad start, but they need to put him back out there. And I know they're matching up against pitchers mm-hmm. yeah. and all that and, and trying to figure it out. But truth of the matter is, if you're going to make a commitment at second base to one of these guys, you've got to do it. I don't I care who it that. is. I don't care if it's Clement. I don't care if it's, if it's Chang. I don't care who you – you've got to make a commitment you, and let them play, you know, five out of six, well, seven games in a row and find out what they can here's do. The, I know they're matching up, and, and I get that. And that's that. what Tito's always done since he's been here as a manager. But, but like you said, younger kids have yeah. to play every day. And I think that's the move you saw with Zimmer being dealt to Toronto. You're, both, you're going to need as much pitching as you can well, this you, year. And, and Naylor's coming off the DL exactly. in a couple of days. And you give Juan. Quite honest with you, you got something for him. You got a pitcher for yeah. him. So instead of a guy who had no options left that you had to release. Yep. You got, you got something of value. Cool. You got you know, Castro. We'll see what he can do. I don't know if Castro's going to be a great player or not. We'll see. He may go down in AAA here in, in two days. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you the, know. Thing that, you know, the thing that's promising is Straw is every day getting better. And you locked him up for five more years. Now, yes. listen, you know, I, I, he do, has not played much at all because he plays sporadically in Houston. So this is his first, you, you know. Yes. No, no, I, I did look, and I like that. What what the Guardians did in signing Ramirez and and Straw, Straw to long term contracts, it's just smart baseball, and and you know that's it's how they you did build. in the '90s. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's something that this organization has done throughout yes. for the last twenty five years. That's something that you need to continue. What? You need to identify players exactly. and give them an opportunity to play. Does that mean that every player you, you're going to go through this with? Obviously, no. we've seen this. You know, there are going to be times you have a player for four years or three years or mm-hmm. ten years. We yeah. just don't know. But it, it just takes time for that too. So, you know what I like is yeah. Go ahead. Um, like I mentioned, I don't want to jump the gun because he's only four games in, but the early results are extremely promising in every aspect as contact player. And Quan, I'm you know contact, you know extremely good eye for the ball, um, good outfielder, good base runner, good straight line speed. Right. The the weakness of and the conundrum we were talking about with Dario: Do you play him in left? Do you play him at short? Where do you play him? Because he's below average shortstop. Do you try him at second base? But then again, you got other guys you got to play at second base. If you lock straw up, he's your center fielder, he's your leadoff hitter. That's that. Quan's playing really well. You've got to keep him in the lineup. There's your left fielder or right for depending where you're playing, who you're playing, where you want to play him. Mercado, you got to play Mercado every day. You have to. Yeah, well. And he's playing well the last two days when he's played every day. He's made four or five defensive plays this series that saved runs. Again, he's a center fielder who's learning. You exactly. Know. But, I mean, this is – But this and is, then when Naylor comes back. This is where the organization has been very particular about the type of player they've, they've mm-hmm. developed over the last five, six years. They really haven't developed a power hitter, nope. per se, Mm-mm. a corner guy. You know, like has come up through the yeah. ranks. Uh, the last one was Ramirez, yeah. and he came up as a shortstop. Yeah, you're right. Um, but when you look at how this organization is designed, it's designed to find athletes that they put them up the middle and uh-huh. then move them elsewhere. Exactly. Um, that may actually work. In, I mean, it, it's a great philosophy, but it also deters uh-huh. you. Because you don't necessarily find the bats that uh-huh. you're looking you're for. Right. And I think that is one of the combination problems that, that this organization's had in the last four or five years is 
they've identified people like Mercado, yep. who they picked up from the from the Cardinals. Yep. They've identified you know players of of stature of, of our or a style of play, but they had a trade for a for a, uh, you know a Fermil yeah, Reyes, Reyes for for a power hitter. Yep. They have you know which is nothing wrong with no. that. You have to find them, but you have to have those type of players in your lineup to protect and- some of these guys, and then. Obviously, when you look at the organization, it hasn't developed the players that they hoped exactly uh, that would become big players. Now they trade a few of them away, no. and which is fine. I have no problem when they made trades to you know to try to compete and all that. Uh, honestly, when Zimmer got hurt, it really changed his oh, projection yeah. mm-hmm. of his career. Hundred percent, and. For him to be traded to to Toronto, now he has a chance to restart his career, yep. and that's good for him. and And his swing and miss ratio was huge. Mm-hmm. So, this is where this organization needs to find players who are baseball players beyond just guys up the middle. We exactly. have like five young shortstops in the in the exactly. organization. Mm-hmm. You have to find homes for all five of those, exactly. either either through trades. Or new positions. Yeah, exactly. Uh, same thing with the center field. I mean, Miles Miles Straw. Miles center field. Yeah. Well, yeah, but even that was the same problem. He was having the same problem in Texas. Not, you know, here was yeah. a guy who they actually brought into the infield at one point yeah. to try to find bats for him. You know, and why did they trade him? Well, they have excess of players, yep. and it worked out well for, you know. The Indians, yeah. Or yeah, the Guardians, I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly, you know, coming out from Houston. So it's a combination of different you know, mm-hmm. sources that this organization is in. Uh, one thing it has not produced is a run producer. No. Over the last 15 years. Yeah. Really, I mean, Ramirez is the last run producer this organization Ramirez has Ramirez and produced. Lindor, yeah. 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 And, and you have to go back 10 years for both players, you know, coming up yep. through the... 2014, Ramirez made his debut right. in 15. Teen June, in June, Lindor made it to be yeah. 16, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. My, my, my point is you, you haven't had run producers nope. come through this organization and a very long time. Bobby Bradley was thought to be that next guy. and it's, Yeah, I mean, we'll know. see. I mean, he could always, you know, become more. Who knows? Bobby Bradley, to me, reminds me of a Jesus Aguilar. Yeah. yeah. Where there might be one great year. Hitter, first baseman. Yeah. He might have that one year. A high swing and miss rate, but when he connects, it goes a long way. But Owen Miller has hit the ball really well of late. You know, right? I mean, he's playing a a good. The Owen Millers, the Clements, they're all in the same boat of type of player that they are. My my point is, none of them are what I would consider uh, long term run producers. No, no, they're not. And and I'm not saying they're not quality players who can help a team. They are quality players. A void in some part of the team, but they're and, not. The, uh, but are you going to, in a sense, build an organization around their skill sets no. going forward that you see them in the lineup three years from now? No, because you, like you mentioned, there's a surplus of guys in the minors they still want to get a look at. There's a there's guys up here they need to get a look at, and there's just too many guys and too few spots. When Naylor comes back off that horrific leg injury. He's gonna. His best position defensively is first base. That's what he came up in San Diego at. Well, again, Naylor may end up at first base. Exactly. He, he may end up in left field. Exactly. Uh, well, uh, again, or he may d- do some DHing. Granted, if he's not fully ready, right? And right field, I should say, exactly. not left field, uh-huh. but right field. But here's. This is where I'm saying you got a glut of similar exactly. players. So. It'll be interesting to see how this all works out and shakes out throughout the season. This is a young team. How resilient it'll be will really go far into their abilities. And, you know, obviously, a Stephen Kwan coming up mm-hmm. and doing what he's doing right now is very, very encouraging. Yes. Um, quite honest with you, under my radar the entire time, I never really paid attention to what he was doing. Um, but that's not uncommon because – you don't always and get that type exact, of reports that you used to and get. And sometimes those guys who are under the radar turn out to be. Well, yeah, I mean. And he's always been on the Guardians' radar. Uh, not so much, at, you know, considering they have Valera. 
you know, they have higher and Oscar Gonzalez, they have higher rated prospects in the farm system. And like you mentioned, it you know, it just clicks for some guys and just it doesn't click for others. Well, you know, and you let's just look at let's just look at this season going forward. I mean, you had four games to start the season in Kansas City. You split them. Yep. You lost your first two. You had really quality pitching, but you had no 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 at bats. Mm-hmm. No bats. In the second two games, the bats came alive. You you scored double-digit runs, runs yeah. exactly, and yeah, you gave up some runs in the process, but you also really crushed a them win's in a one win. game. Yeah, exactly. A win's a win. There's going to be a lot of ways this team's going to need the win. The question will be when you face better top pitching. pitching, are they going to be able to score three to five runs and and, and, and compete in those games? And that's last year where this organization has struggled. Yep. Every time they fought a, a a quality pitcher, you know, they had five hits or less. Yeah. And, and, that's, find and that's why they got no hitted so often. And, we're gonna- and that's why this organization right now needs a Stephen Kwan who can make contact. It you know, you add me- him with some of the other players that they have around him at the major league level. That's important. Like I said, right now, making contact on the ball, to me, is huge. And, and that seems that's to be the focus of new hitting coach Pat Vileka, um, where they want to make contact, have a productive out. Like you mentioned, there are such things as productive outs. Um, make contact and work counts. Something they did not do last year in the last couple of years was work the count and have productive at-bats. Because, you know, as you and I do, listening to the pregame shows and listening to postgame shows, sometimes their biggest complaints are they didn't have productive at-bats, moving runners over, you know, setting it up for the next guy. It was always get them on, home run, and then you right. You inquired after that. They have contact guys. They have a plethora of contact guys. But like you mentioned, you still need the power threat in there. And in my opinion – you're going to need another power bat in this lineup to complement Reyes. And I think you're seeing the lack of a power hitter alongside Reyes, and that's why he's scuffling away. Well, late. that's why moving Quan to the number two spot it's helps this, exactly. this lineup uh-huh. because it protects a, a, a straw mm-hmm. at, at the first spot, yep. okay, because they have a contact hitter behind them. It gives Ramirez an opportunity to be a three hitter, mm-hmm. and Reyes the four hitter. You know that's yep. really a really key to get that type of 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 a lineup on a daily basis where you're going to say, okay, this is how it looks. Uh, you would love lefty righty and all that stuff, but and really right now, uh-huh. right now more than anything, you need guys who can get hits. The bottom five of the lineup that's the question mark. We just mm-hmm. don't know who will your bottom four because. Rosario in the five hole is good, and we know what kind of bat he has. Yeah. So, but, but you're right. But Rosario is also a swing and miss guy. Yes, he is a lot. And, Big time swing and miss. Right. And, and so is Reyes. So back to back. That's my point. Mm, you have to. That's a good point. You know, worry about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then you have the unknown players from, I mean, you know what you're going to get out of Hedges. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, he's he, but he's there for his defensive skills, not his offensive skills. No, and he's like, had three or four defensive plays a series that were huge. Well, I mean, that's the way this organization's You're always right. looked at the catching position. Ever since when Victor Martinez left, that's how they've geared their catching position towards. Well, and, and that's exactly what it I mean, uh, Victor Martinez doesn't come along every year. No. No. Okay. No. <laughs> no, he doesn't, Tim. If he did, every team would have one. You know, I mean, basically a Hall of Fame-type player who's a catcher who can – you know, hit home runs and get on base and drive in runs. You just you don't get that every day. But you know, uh, the key will be the Millers, the Merce- Mercados, and the Commands, uh-huh. uh, the Naylars. Mm-hmm. The you know the you know we mentioned Stephen Kwan. Those are the ones. One of those, two of those guys have to come alive and have a quality year for you. Uh, and necessarily meaning uh, just. Really productive year. Mm-hmm. Whatever they do, they do they do it well. Well, exactly. Uh, of the three, of all of the ones we're mentioning, I like Miller 
I do too. And Naylor to have the best opportunities to to uh, achieve that. We'll see. Two guys uh, you traded for, but from I don't Diego. think. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: none of them, I would say, is what I mean. Naylor is the only one that I said potentially could hit 20 home runs. Exactly. Exactly. And that is something you're going to need at the bottom of your lineup, as exactly. you were talking you're about. Right. And that's my question. Um, really, I would love to see Rosario back down around 7 or 8, personally. But you really I, don't have anybody in between no, to do that. Not right now without Naylor. You you know, know. Even if Naylor comes in and plays well, I mean, do you really see him as a 5-hitter? I don't. A five, Maybe a 6-hitter. How hitter. do you view a 5-hitter? Well, a five hitter to me has always been a guy that can. He has to be an RBI guy. Like a second guy. leadoff guy. No, he has no? to be an RBI guy. That's because See, I've always because always... here's here's my thinking. He has to be your RBI guy because most innings aren't going to start at the top of the order. Okay, meaning yeah. once you go through that first lineup, I mean, very yeah. seldom you're going to go nine up, nine, yeah, nine down. down. Yeah. Okay, and you start the second round and the fourth inning type scenario. So. You're going to have innings where, like, let's just say, you're, to start an inning, you're going to have your three, four, five hitters at the plate. Mm-hmm. All right, if that happens, or your two, three, four hitters, you need that four. You need that guy who's in the fifth position to drive in runs mm-hmm. if the other, two, if two of them get on base, or if you know, yep. type scenario, one of them is in scoring position with two outs. You have to be that guy who can drive in that run. Five is an RBI spot. Five is an absolute RBI spot. You have to have a guy who can make contact and drive in runs. Uh, that is a really, really important spot in a lineup that most people don't, I think, gets overlooked. Because overlooked, yeah. the cleanup hitter is such a big part. The three and four hitters are such a big But three, four, and five, to me, are all RBI guys. So that guys. when Naylor comes back, you put him in five? Well, I don't know if he's an RBI guy. I really don't. But that's what I'm saying is right now you have Rosario there because he potentially can be. Mm-hmm. But if Remember you Rosario, really see him as a five hitter, I see him more as a six, seven, eight. Rosario hitter. did lead the league last year with average and with average of guys in score position, so he drove home runs. Right. Um, Here's the thing: you need a guy power hitter, right? There. See, yeah. so more. More than anything, an RBI guy, a double guy, a guy who's going to get on base, who moves runners. Do you put Rosario in the four hole? See, I don't think he's that. I think he's a bottom of the guy. I think he's six, seven, eight guy. I really do. Um, I think in a perfect world, he's a perfect nine hitter. Uh, simply because he gives you. Quan's a perfect nine hitter. Well, Quan, I think if if he's but not, I like him in the two yeah, hole, right? I think he's I much better at two hole than oh, he I would be yeah. anywhere else right now. And we'll see if that continues. Well, I mean, obviously, it's only four games. What do we know? Um, I think, like I said, five is an RBI position. Six and seven have to be contact hitters because that's what you're looking for to continue big innings. And then your oh, no, seven, eight, nine, seven or eight guy. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's the problem is right now when I look at this lineup, I see four. Yeah. But I don't see five through nine. And five through nine is the part where you have to wonder if that is a consistency there that can either start an inning or finish an inning for you. I don't like keep an inning going. For example, if your two hitter gets on base and can, your mm-hmm. three or four hitter goes down, can your five, six, seven inning hitters, hitters get make a, yeah make a big inning to get multiple I runs? I like Rosario. I, I do. do too. I have nothing against. I like him in the five hole. Um, he came along strong. He can run the bases. Yes, he can. He can. You know, he runs. Extremely well oh, on the yes. bases. Oh yes, he gets on base. He bats spots. He can bat two eighty or better for mm-hmm. you uh, on, on on a really a quality season. And he'll, you know, I don't expect him to hit ten home runs. I don't care if he does. No, I care more about him making contact and getting moving runners. If he can hit two seventy five, two eighty, but I see him more as a six seven guy doing that, keeping innings alive and moving runners versus. Uh, at five hole, who, um, I, and I just don't know if the Indians or the Guardians have a five hole hitter yet. Maybe it is Rosario. We'll find out here in the next month or two. Yeah, you're going to have to find out when Naylor gets back and gets playing right. time. It gets him. Or, and, and you know, I don't know. I'm not sure Naylor's that guy yet. 
I mean, what we've seen from him uh, at times last year, it was okay. It was okay. You know. He was coming up, and unfortunately, when he when the leg hurt, injury he was happened, strong, he was coming yeah. up, it was probably the strongest part of the year. So we'll Outside just have to wait his, and see. You know, if the but, Josh Nerritt shows up this year that played in the 2020 well, wildcard series where the Yankees could not get him out, yeah, he's your five hitter, well, there you go. Yeah, well, exactly. But, Here's the good thing. If if Naylor could play the five hole, uh-huh. and I'm not saying he is a five hole hitter, he's a lefty. Yes. Okay. And it breaks so, up the righty. Exactly. Yes. Uh-huh. And then you would have Romero, or Rosario six. at six right handed. Yeah, exactly. And you have Clement and Bradley Lowens, still. Bradley, yeah. you know, all those guys. And Bradley could be a perfect eight hitter for you because yeah. you would want a guy who can swing the bat and, and drive in runs. If my eight hitter, Tim. As a second cleanup hitter, he's perfect. I would be okay if Bobby Bradley gave me 220 and 20 home runs like he did last year. Well, 220 is a little too low for any major leaguer in my eyes. Oh, I but agree with that. I, I know what you're saying. But as I understand eight, what yeah. you're saying. I understand what you're saying. you got to take but, yeah. He is what he is at this point. He's going to strike out a right. ton. Here's, yeah, and that's the key. you got to make contact. But you got to get him consistent at bats in the way Miller's hitting and the way Clement's hitting. Well, here's you the thing. Is, the uh, here's the, Here's my question is, is – Really, what they're trying to do going into the start of this series is create a hole for Yu Chang to play a second base. And if you can play second base and be the hitter that he showed the second half of last year, then you, have, six, yeah, then you have your seven or eight guy right there. I would say and that. I would even predict that he could be the five-hole hitter. If no. he if he tr- t- continued to play the way he did last year in the second half of the season. Um, I would feel much more comfortable with Miller or Clement out there. Clement is the best defender of the three we're talking about. But his best defense position is third base. Well, sorry, third base is taken for the well, next yeah. six, seven years. Yeah. We don't have to worry about it. Third base is um, not available. The, the position Clement available to is second me base. Is like, Clement, to me, reminds me on a smaller scaled-down version of how we used Jose to begin 2016. Left field, second base, third base. You know, whenever somebody needed a day off, that's well, he's a super utility guy. Yeah, you're going to do that with certain players. Mm-hmm. I mean, quite honestly, that's how Ramirez broke into yeah. the lineup. He played left field and he played third right. base. Yep. He filled in at short when you needed him. You know, he played second base. And it wasn't and, until Juan Uribe finally struggled enough they said you know what Jose here you go yeah well that's the thing I mean he outplayed him and exactly. that's why what got him the opportunity you know and they finally made the commitment to let you know like you said Ruby go and and he ended up at third base yep. and it was obviously the correct move but it worked out okay yeah but, but we all I mean he already proved that as yes. a hitter he was beyond what everybody yes. expectations were going to be mm-hmm. for him um coming into the major leagues. And that's, you know, that's that's the needle in the haystack guy. Yeah, it okay? is. What they really need right now is not finding the next needle in the haystack as much as they want to find a guy who can produce. And and like I said, that five through nine hole, that, that in the lineup right now is the question mark. You can't have five given outs every game. You have to have people who can get on base and drive in runs when opportunities are there. And uh, we, this is, as you mentioned, a very young team with a lot of yes. moving parts. And four games into the season, who knows how it's going to land out. But Yu Chang, Miller, Clement, one of those three has to come up and claim a spot. Yeah. And who it they is, I can't job. tell you today. I mean, obviously – Coming out of training camp, the thought was Yu Chang. Yu Chang, yeah. I mean, and I'll say this: last season, he hit two seventy six when he came up the second half. He was he was on fire, and I can understand why they want to put that bat in the lineup. He was a hitter throughout his minor league career. Mm-hmm. You know, he struggled last year in his first real opportunity at the major leagues. Went back down, refined his bat, came back, and he had some pop in his bat. Yeah, and that to me was what really matters. I mean, if you need to find a player who can 
make contact and drive the ball. And Chang has that potential. And that's where we're at. I mean, that's what makes interesting that what Quan has done, because Quan makes contact and yes. drives the ball. Um, uh, those are the type of players who make impacts on your team and are there for five to seven years and are productive during their time. Uh, Jason Kipnis was mm-hmm. that player when he came up. He, second base was open. They yep. put him there, and he succeeded. Was he the best second baseman you ever found? No. no. Was he quality? Yes. Did he have up and down years? Absolutely. But for five years, six, seven years, he was there yep. every game. Every game, yeah. And that's what matters. And when he was willing to, when you had to put him in the outfield, he was willing to do yep. it. And I'm not saying you want Jason Kipnis back, but my point is you have to find somebody who's going to take advantage of the opportunity and fill that hole at second base right now. And and the same thing at shortstop. I mean, you have guys coming up. Maybe it's Arias in the long term. Yeah. I'm not saying it won't be. Or it Freeman. might be later. It might be. Yeah. It very well may be second half of this year. We'll find out. But uh, right now, as this team is on, constructed, yeah. Yeah, constructed here on the 11th of April, you still have a middle infield that is in flux. Yeah. It's... You really do. Because Rosario started in the outfield. He's played the last three games at short. Um, does that mean Jimenez is not going to play? I can't imagine that's not going to be the case. Chang only played the first game. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, I know this they have a lot I know, of guys I, yeah, and, they and got, not enough positions for him right now. Well, they got a lot of same guys is yep, what I was trying right, to exactly, say before. Yep. Mm-hmm. And one of these one of these players has to stand up and be counted. Yep. Is that Owen Miller? Is that Ernie Clement? Is that Yu Chang? I don't know. Be quite honestly, I don't know which one will. And Miller last And you year, could say all three of them potentially have shown reasons why you believe that they could be that guy. Miller last year in spring training when and before he got called up was hitting four hundred in triple A. He was raking. Yeah. And that's why they brought him up in May. And it was probably too early for him. Now you're seeing you know, um, but, but that like first you said, trip to the major leagues, got to win the job. Yeah, that first trip to the major leagues is always difficult for most players. What they, what I think they hope is, Gabriel Arias is your shortstop of the future. Oh, I think there's no question in their minds, long term, that's who they believe it is. Mm-hmm. Now, again, they have four or five to choose from. They got players that they can move. You never know what's going to happen in a trade market. Yeah, I think we're going to see some of these guys well, move. Yeah, yeah. Some, you, obviously, all your players are available at any given time. The only one we know that's not is Ramirez because he has a new trade contract. That's right. Um, the rest of them are all I, potentially would available. Would it shock you if Bobby Bradley's not on this roster past July? No. It wouldn't either. It, no. I mean, I think, it, really, it comes down to production. It really, I mean, it's as dumb as that sounds, or no, as simple as that sounds. It's not. It's because if Bobby Bradley goes the out there and the hits, horns. yeah, if Bobby Bradley comes out and hits 260 the rest of the season and drives in 25 home runs and 75 RBIs, he's going to play first base. I'm not saying it's the best first baseman, but he's going to play first base. Would you? If he, but if he hits 210 and mm-hmm. bats, uh, you know, for 22 home runs and nah. and 60 RBIs, are you going to play him? Probably not. What if he has 240? 230, 240. Depending on the. Yeah, it depends on where the situation lies, who's playing in front of them. Let's hypothetically just say Naylor is doing this, you know, is batting 270 with the same type of numbers. You got to play Naylor. Yeah, you got to play Naylor. Yeah, you got to play Naylor. You know, uh, that's my point. It it really depends on who you're comparing him to and what what he's going to do. but I think the key there is the strikeout ratio yep. for both both those players. Exactly. So if if Bradley is potentially a 200-plus strikeout guy and Naylor's uh, a 110, 115-25 guy for this season, well, there's 75 at-bats that you're making contact. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean he's getting a base hit? Well, if he gets a base hit uh, five times out of those 75 bats, that's huge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds crazy, but it is. Ten times is, is outrageous, you know, and that's my point. Um, but you can't get on base unless you make contact or unless you walk. 
you know, that's what made Santana years ago so exact so important. That a leadoff. Well, because be well, yeah, more than anything is more because his on base percentage was high, even though at times he batted two forty or two thirty or mm-hmm. two twenty with yeah, you know two forty two thirty. There was times he batted two sixty or better. Exactly. But my point is, his on base level was high. And again, there's a lot of factors into it. We can get into the the analytic numbers and all that and talk about that some other day. I'm not going to hear and try to explain any of that because it's not worth it because I'm not going to be the person. I'm not, you know, yeah. Bill James, mm-hmm. you know, to, to tell you about the value of a player. Uh, it's, just, it's just not who I am. You don't want to talk about his wins above replacement. and Well, you know what? War is an accurate number. This shows production. War to me. War shows production. War to me is a is similar to the plus and minus in basketball. And I look at yes. the plus and minus yes. in the basketball score yes. column before I look at shooting percentage, before I look at, you know, uh, rebounds or anything like that. I look at turnovers and plus or minus. Mm-hmm. Because you could be 1 for 2, 0 for 2, but have 10 assists and no turnovers and be plus 15 or plus, you know. Uh, right. No, and, I, and that's where you're at. This is where, you know, things in the in sports are at. It's about production, no matter what you do. How you grade production depends on how you look at each individual production thing you're talking about, whatever sport it is. Uh, for a, a perfect example, We'll go back to the to the Browns mm-hmm. and about uh, Baker Mayfield. What was my comments about Baker Mayfield before they drafted him? Do you remember? What did I say? I said he's the fifth best quarterback coming out of the draft. Yeah, that he'll probably he be a starter. Yeah, he'll probably be a starter in this league. But I think he may, he, he has a low ceiling. Yep. he had a low ceiling. Yep. a high a high floor, but a low ceiling. And here we are after four seasons of the major league or in the NFL, and I he think that's right on. I, I think him, yeah. I think that's right on target. He he came in with a high ceiling mm-hmm. or a high floor, excuse me, but a low ceiling. And the question is, is he at his ceiling? And probably right now, you would say yes. Yeah, I think he's taken. So the what Browns do the Browns do? I mean, you may take away the ethics of of uh, Watson. Yeah, you went out and upgrade. You, you went a yeah. huge upgrade on talent. Mm-hmm. I mean, take away the the ethics of mm-hmm. the player, the, the the person. Yeah, and let's talk about just the the talent of the player. Well, there's a huge level. Oh of, yeah, they went out and yeah, uh, yeah. an MVP caliber right. candidate instead of what you mentioned, the fifth best quarterback. Right. If you go back and look at that draft class, that was what Sam Darnold, right, and Mayfield, and those guys have mm-hmm. kind of. Hit the ceiling, yeah. Who one of the guys I was highest on was Allen, and and that's I think Allen was the guy you were highest on, yeah. And I said, "There's the guy with the most potential," and look what he's done with Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, and and my point is, every player, when you grade them and you look at them, and let's go back to the Guardians, a question you have to ask is, what is their floor and what is their ceiling? And when you look at Bobby Bradley, you look at a low floor. And a low ceiling. Yeah, you do. So my question with Bobby Bradley is, is he going to be able to prove that wrong where his ceiling is much higher and he's more consistent? Right now, I would say well, I'm not real thrilled with that. And you kind of know what you're going to get with and, and quite honestly, I think the Guardians feel the same way because over the years they've been reluctant to use him. Even bringing him up through the, through the system. When there were opportunities to play a first baseman, they went elsewhere before they, they, they used Bradley. And you can, look, they, at, you can look at all the players. Jake Powers. You can look at all the players that they've had at different levels, at different players. So you can, I mean, that's the easiest thing to ask of when you evaluate a player. Mm-hmm. Are you? Do they have a high floor or do they have a high I ceiling? Yep. Because a high floor is fine if that floor is 260 and 280 hitter mm-hmm. with, you know, 65 to to 80, 90 RBIs. Mm-hmm. If, you do, if that's consistency, that's his floor, man. You're, you're, you're yeah, happy. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But if his floor is 210. 220, yeah. With, with 200 plus strikeouts, you know, maybe 60 RBIs. Well, that's a low, low floor. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's and that's where you have to judge. Too low. Well, mm-hmm. that's where you have to make these judgments on players and how you move on. A perfect example is Zimmer became that player. Yeah. Now you did. Uh, f- four years ago in 2017, I think we all had high expectations yeah, for did. Zimmers. But Zimmer, then injuries happen, and, and the player. The injury in center first. Right. Yeah. Well, well, whatever. It is what it is. Everybody faces their own. And look, he could, like you said, yeah. he can get a rebirth in Toronto, or you know, latch on elsewhere after Toronto, and well, yeah, that's the why that's, that's why teams take chances on players like that because there's potential of a, a rebound. And he doesn't need to be a star in Toronto because that lineup is loaded. well. He'll never will be with it. He'll never crack that lineup. He's not. He's not going to crack line that out. Paper is scary. Only way he plays in that outfield is because Somebody of injuries. Yeah, you know, and that's just the. He's the fourth or fifth outfielder, and that which is, is fine because he can play all three positions and do what they want and come off the bench and mm-hmm. run. I mean, there's plenty of ways to use a Bradley and Zimmer in the future for Toronto. My point I is, mean, is that his floor is so low that his ceiling is not fits, high. He fits the Blue Jays perfectly because I was watching their opening day game. And they were talking about Springer can mash, Hernandez can mash, Gurriel can mash. Gurriel is a converted first baseman, similar to what the Indians or the mm-hmm. Guardians have done. Springer, probably not a center fielder anymore. He's probably a corner outfielder. To ask Hernandez is, what you get defensively out of him, you hold your breath on. So... In a sixth, seventh, eighth inning, a late inning, you know, scenario, you put Zimmer out there for defense, and what you get from him offensively is what you get from him. Right. You know. I mean, if you're using him in the eighth and ninth inning just to replace, and I think that's yeah. what he's going to be. Yeah. yeah. I, I totally understand. Just speed that. on the base. Right. You know. Well, exactly. Can, yeah. He, again, he has value. He just he's not a starter. Mm. He reminds me of an outfield uh, Giovanni Urshela. Yeah, but without the potential that he became in New York. Yeah. And now he's, of course, uh, where he's, when he get traded? Minnesota, Minnesota now, yeah. yeah. But my point is that bat came alive in New York yeah. that no one thought would ever happen. No, and, I, and maybe that was because he had so much uh, protection around him in that lineup. I don't think so. I think it was a combination is that they The light found, switch finally oh, came no, on. I think, I think it was a combination of coaching and, and desire and – and finding out what he's where yeah. he is, his uh, where level his game is. is yeah. yeah, I mean, the trade that they made, you know, ironically for another former Cleveland yeah. Indian third baseman. Um, you know, it, it is uh, interesting. You know, it's. I think actually, I'd rather be in the Minnesota side of that trade. Oh, I would too. You're free at fifty million dollars. Right. Yeah, uh, allowed you to get Correa. Right. You got. Urshela right now is a better glove than Donaldson. Yeah. Well, Donaldson is at the tail end of his career. He's a DH probably in a couple well, years. Well, yeah. I mean, he's still going to hit you 30, 30 bombs yep. if he plays enough. But and he's, he's going to be at a phenomenal presence in any lineup yes. because of what he can do driving in runs. But instead but, uh, of 250, 260, he's probably 260. Yeah, he's at the tail end of his yeah, career. Exactly. You know, he's at the last two, three seasons of his career, in my opinion. I my, agree with you. You know, but... Uh, he may never see another contract after this one ends, no. uh, but he got a great contract when he signed in Minnesota. Exactly, and he had a great year in Atlanta. You know, the yeah, year he the, that he finished with Cleveland, he actually showed at times why the, why Cleveland took Ranger, a chance yeah. on him for ten games, and that was the August deadline, right? Yeah, 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 the last August deadline mm-hmm. ever. Um, but my point is, that's. Where you're at, you have to make these evaluations and decisions on players. And when I look at Cleveland and where they're at, they got players that they need, like you just said earlier, the play. Yeah. And they're going to have to make decisions. Is Mercado an everyday player? Probably, Probably not. Probably not. No. Is he a fourth or fifth outfielder? Yeah. Can he handle that position? There's the question. That's the Mark. question. That's the exactly qu- that you know. And Naylor, the same thing. And Bradley, the same thing. We got a lot of question marks, and they all fit in that five to nine slot in your lineup. That's where, for a team to be successful, you have to have two to three guys that consistently in every game be a potential RBI person. 
or to keep an inning alive, to turn it over to mm-hmm. the top of the exactly. lineup. So those are the things that this organization really needs more than anything going forward. Uh, four games in, we've really broke them down pretty good. Uh, so there's no reason to play it in the next uh, 158 games. No, I think, uh, uh, I think we're good. I'll take – hey, <laughs> after Saturday when I wanted to uh, – Jump into Lake Erie? I wanted to go on the – ice. you know, it, it's funny – because uh, this person I work with texted me Saturday and said, are you all right? And I said, I, I, I'm about to be on the I-480 right now. Yeah. Um, but, look, if you would have told me two and two and you're going to score 27 runs because, like we talked on the first hour, usually when they score a large amount of runs, they come back the next day and have a dud. Today they didn't. They added on. They scored 10. Yeah. You know, it, I, so, the Browns have scored twenty-seven, and uh, the Chiefs have scored thirteen. Yeah. So, hey, yeah. the Browns beat the Chiefs twenty-seven, thirteen this week. Yeah. Right, there, there you go. Well, you know, again, we got players that we don't know potentially what their ceiling is, and that and that's and, what and this year is about. You know some of the floors, and that's what scares you because the floor is low on some of these players, and. You want a higher floor, mm-hmm. but you want also a high ceiling. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I just don't know where they're going to stand. I mean, uh, for the pitching staff, we know what we got. We know the starting pitching staff mm-hmm. long-term looks strong. Uh, I think the bullpen is a typical Cleveland bullpen, meaning that there's parts that are unknown. There's parts that, that are, are very well um, known. And there's parts that you just need to, to stay healthy. Well, Bullpens are always fickle. Well, you know, yeah, exactly. It all depends on health and, you know, a guy having a career year. And Well, here's the thing. When you look at the bullpen, obviously you have your closer in Class A. You know, Karen Check, will he be the player before the outlaw, the, 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 the sticky, the, stuff, the sticky yeah. stuff? I don't know. We'll find and out. That's a big question to answer. You yeah, know, we'll, exactly. We don't and know. We don't know. Uh, you know, we, you know what you're going to get in, in Brian Shaw. Brian Shaw is that veteran who's going to go out and throw you 200 innings we, out of the bullpen. Not quite, but my point is we, he's going to appear in 81 games. And we still need to learn about Nick Sandlin, too, who had right. a nice year last year, then got hurt. Right. Young pitcher. Well, that's my point. They've got a lot of, of moving parts, and we'll find out. I think you know what you're going to get in Trevor Steffen. Yeah. He's going to have a high velo. He's going to strike some guys out. Will he give up a home run or two? Probably because that's what he is. Um, I like Anthony Ghost. Yeah, I do. I, again, we have a lot of young guys with, or not even Ghost is not really young, but Ghost is a is a player Probably who young pitcher. Yes, yes, yeah, uh-huh. inexperienced pitcher. Yes, exactly. And we'll see where that develops. I mean, obviously, a guy who could throw ninety seven to one hundred and two is someone you want in your bullpen. Better uh, teach him before he kills someone. Yeah, right. You know, hey. It's kind of like uh, Bull Durham. You yeah. Know? I just don't know where the next pitch is going to go on. You know, you, it's like if, Major League If, if you ever Mon. see Hedge goes to the, go, to the, uh, go to the mound and yeah. you see uh, Slider, you know, behind home plate, uh-huh. tell him the top. Uh-huh. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, and, you, you know, to me, I think Sam Hedges fits better as a reliever than a starter. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts, and we're going to find out. And, to me, really, you're not going to really have a set bullpen until probably June. Yeah. When Hopefully. everybody gets in a perfect world I mean, out. Yeah. Yeah. In a perfect every, world, June, June, you would yeah. know who your your eight guys are. Out, your eight you guys know, in the bullpen right now are. You're piggybacking, and you know. Um, yeah. No. The way Bieber threw on Thursday, if that's May or June, you're hoping six, seven. Your innings. bullpen is a lot like a starting players in basketball. What I mean by that is, okay, you have your starting five. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. You're, 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 you're little in, in pitching. You have your starting five. Uh-huh. Put them aside. In your bullpen, you have the same type of scenario. You have five pitchers that you're going to use. Yep. Okay. Those are your guys, you know, your clothes, your setup yep, man, man, your long man, yep. your, your, your guy who you rely on. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they're going to, they're going to pitch. It's your six, seven, and eight, eight guy. The bridge guys, as Tito calls yes, them. Yeah. Yes, those are the guys who are going to make the difference in your bullpen. Get me to the Karen Shack Clause. Because or... 
there's going to be a day, and it's hard to say this, but Brian Shaw can't pitch. Uh, meaning, is it going to be because he pitched three out of the last yeah. four games? The first game in Cleveland, he may not be available. That'd be shocking, but he may not be available. Uh, and you can bitch and scream about Brian Shaw all you want, but what does Brian Shaw do? He gives you innings and games, and and and, and that's what raises most, your blood pressure. Well, yeah, exactly. But the reason he raises your blood pressure is because he gets used so often. He appeared in 81 games last season. Oh, he's gone for 145 this year, Tim. It, it very well could happen. With Tito? With Tito? <laughs> Tito, yeah. Anything's possible. <laughs> That's right. Ask, hey. ask, ask Miller. Oh, when you Tito know? gets his toys, he likes to. Oh, my God. I mean, when Andrew Tito Miller. gets his toys. Did anyone to use Andrew Miller better than what Tito did? And, and it really did take a couple of years probably off of Miller's yeah, career. But. We don't get to the World Series without Andrew Murray doing what he Oh, did. no. There's no question about that. But, I mean, we can't live, relive 2016, but yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, Andrew Miller was a great pitcher who had a great if career. If Carrasco and Bauer are healthier, Andrew Miller's probably not needed to be used that much. Well, it, yeah, but I'll be quite honest. You're right. He still would have used it, though. He would have yeah. used it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he would have used it. Exactly, them. because Tito I mean, loves his toys. Well, yeah. Well, you, well, you get it. When you get a gift like that, you use it. Yeah, but you get a gift for cheap, too. You got a gift. You didn't gift. really give up anything. Well, you gave up a lot. It just turned out not to be as expensive as if Fraser you thought you Yeah. You, well, at the time, quite, it was quite, a corner outfielder and an ace in the rotation, and you're like, oh, boy. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, when you gave up Sheffield, I was like, oh, well, I understood it. You know, because yeah. he was the number one guys. pitcher in the, in, in the organization at the exactly, time. Exactly. You're right. So. You know, and then you gave up your number one power hitter outfielder. Exactly. I mean, you gave up a lot of potential. It didn't necessarily work out for New York as well as they probably hoped. No, but Sheffield's caught on in Seattle, though. He's a nice three or four oh, guy. Oh, yeah. Now. I'm not taking away from what his career is. I'm talking about oh, the yeah. trade value. Oh, yeah. I mean, did, did the Indians end up with a higher trade yes. value than New York mm-hmm. did? Yes. Yeah. Did New York get a haul? Yeah. New York did it pretty good on that haul. Yeah, they did. They really, truly did. It just didn't, you know, didn't like any trade, sometimes they don't work out the way you you. Well, you've got to give up guys to get guys the other work out. You know? But Looking when you back go for, it, when, you, when you go for young guys, there's always the chance that, A, they get stonewalled on the way up because uh-huh. someone's in front of them. Yep. Or, B, they just have that low ceiling that I was talking about. And, they, the know, ceiling's not as high as they originally believed it would be. And looking back on it, would you give up Francisco Mejia for Brad Hand and Adam Simber? Right now, probably no. Yeah, but at the time, I, absolutely, you had to. I would have. Was Simber somebody, I think, make or break your bullpen? No. no. But Brad Hand was. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do it every time. You have to give up something to get yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. And did Brad Hand, for three years, give the Indians a left-handed reliever who was a closer? And the answer is yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. And when you were at the time when your closer was, eh, yeah, it was iffy, yeah. 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 And Miller was struggling at the time. And Cody Allen was hurt and right. struggling, yeah. Yeah, you, you needed to make that move. Did Han, you know, Hans' career is basically over again. But, you know, yeah. hey, uh, this is where. It's baseball. Yeah, well, this is, yeah, it's sports. Yeah. Uh, you know, you could talk about it, but. That this is where you're at, and this is where this team is at, and we'll see what happens in the future. Um, real quickly here, uh, got to give my uh, Liverpool Red Minute. Uh, yeah, I saw you. Uh, yes, uh, side we had that. We had the big matchup with uh, Manchester City over the uh, on Sunday, and uh, ended up with a two-two draw. So we're still one point behind in the uh, the league. Uh, they play again next week for the FA Cup, something mm-hmm. totally different yep. tournament. The Reds are back at it tomorrow in the Champions League in Europe. So, uh, yeah, it's they're going for four championships in one season. Probably not realistic. It's never been done before. Uh, we'll see what happens, but it has been a it's been a fun ride, and uh, I look forward to it. As for my little Australian. Contingency mm-hmm. in uh, Australian rules football. I'll say this: uh, the women's league came and gone. It's a very quick league in ten weeks. Yep. I was too darn busy with the other things. Yep. I missed the entire season. Heartbreaking. Uh, and uh, Collingwood, my 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 uh, team down in uh, 
the land of down under is, uh, you know, on a rebuild. Let's just say that kindly. So we'll see what happens uh, there. So uh, that's my international sports uh, minute. Can I have a PSA for 30 seconds? I'm only bringing this up because somebody called me about it yesterday. Can we not look at baseball standings right now? We're four games in. I had somebody yesterday, oh, my God, we're a game out in the wild card. I think that was sarcastic. No. No? No, they were like, we're a game on the wild card. We're 0-2. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Do you know who was in first place in the AL Central last year after April? Kansas City was 15-8, and the best record in baseball. And I said, you remember who the best team in baseball was after 12 games in 2006? They go, no, who? I said, the Indians were 11-1. It was the greatest start in franchise history. Where'd that get them? (laughs) 94 losses. Let's not look at standings right now. They well, mean yeah. zero. They well, mean nothing. Well, I've, you know my feeling about The Pittsburgh about... Pirates are in second place right now. That's all you, all you need to know about the standings. How often did I tell you I never look at standings? All-star break, right? How often did I tell you I never look at standings? Hardly ever yeah, look you, at them. You I don't just, like looking at standings. It's just, uh, if it's an everyday sport like baseball, you know where your team's at. Just if you're paying attention. Tim, we're one game behind in the wild card. <laughs> uh, and it's just like... If it's a weekly sport like football is, mm-hmm. you know where you're at. You don't have to look at a standings to say how good your team is. All right. Maybe the last two, three weeks you need to know because of wild card scenarios because you're not going to win the division and you know that. Mm-hmm. Then I understand it. But for the most part, I don't pay attention no, to you standings don't. because don't get me wrong. They are a legitimate value, meaning telling you where your team lies. But as you just mentioned, in April, do I really care where the where the Cleveland Baseball Club is at right now? No, I care about how many wins they, how they play, and how many wins they they accumulate. In 2016, they were eight and a half games behind the Detroit Tigers. How'd that work out? Well, what I like, I like to tell everyone: count your losses. Yeah, I've said it for years in all sports: count your losses. Your losses will tell you more about. How good your team is. The same thing as counting your wins. Deep down, yeah. it's the same thing. It's just one column versus Count your wins. We got two in a row. You know. If you yeah. win tomorrow, it's called a winning streak, and it has happened before around here. Okay, so. Yeah, we'll see. Lou Brown would be proud. So it's. Uh, yeah, go down to Cincinnati. How about that? Cincinnati gets yeah, their, early uh, their home. Yeah, trip against Cincinnati, yeah. Their home opener against uh, Cleveland. Yeah. And it kind of stinks. It's a 410 game. It's weird to, yeah. to say. This was even weirder to say. Is Cincinnati's home opener against and it didn't open the season. Yeah, you're right. I don't know when the last time that's happened. I know it may have happened in the other uh, league. Yeah, the other years where we've had an abbreviated season or an interrupted season because of labor strife. Uh, but, but they traditionally the Cincinnati opens, home, yes. opens the season. Yeah. Now that has changed over the last twenty years. But they still open the season That's at home. That's a trivia question we're going to have to find out. When's the last time the Cincinnati Reds opened the season on the road? Wow. Yeah. We're going to have to find go. that out. Yeah. We're going to have to Tim, Google that's it. our goal the next week. All right. There's your Google question of the week. My, oh, by answer. the way, by the way, Wordle is addictive. Is it? And I can't not play it every day. And I've done a lot better than I ever expected to do with it. See? It, there you go. <laughs> I have found that... Um, what makes it addictive is you only get to play once a day, and it's just a, a good brain teaser to try to figure it out. Oh, yeah, it's free. It, so I'm still yeah. free, so you yeah. are keeping your mind sharp. Which yeah. is the, the only thing is I clear my key caches often, so I don't know the actual streak I'm on. Yeah. I think it said 13 or 14 last hey, time I looked. There you go. But it could be in the 20s. It could be in the 30s. I don't know. not saying it is. But I just don't keep track because I, I, so Tim's I on my free. phone and I clean uh-huh. my cliches, uh, caches all the time. So because uh, I just can't stand uh, when I start typing something and it pops up on my browser. I'm like, God damn. Yep. I don't exactly. want to see that. Yeah, I hate that. Exactly. So I always clean it. So uh, like when the, I do that, it, that and, yep. yeah, and it wipes my memory yep. on my Wordle. So uh, I, I think I'm at 14. I think my longest street was around 22, 24. Okay, Ted Williams, let's get going. So we'll see. Let's go. Yeah. It's, 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 it's like I said, it's an addicting, stupid game. Hey, um, but if it keeps your mind sharp, you know. Well, that's the thing. 
uh, you know, I start my morning with my coffee and my yes, royal. Yes, you do. And then and I you tell the I, truth I, that for four years now, three years now. It's into the third year. Yeah, you're yeah. going strong. Yeah. You're it's not letting the third up. Year. There's only like five of us left. Uh, you're you, still one of them. Yeah, yeah, there's only like four or five of us left. It's survival of the fittest now. Yeah, yeah. Aaron, Aaron uh, Hobbs at, in, in New York, um, he and I have basically been the uh, the lone survivors. Yeah. And, and I won't, I won't say that. Uh, also, uh, oh, God, how about this? My mind just went blank on me. Uh, so, so terrible. Hope Dunbar. How can I forget Hope? My apologies, Hope. You're not listening anyways. If you are, thank <laughs> you're you. You're not listening anyway. <laughs> but you know what? I listen to Hope all the time because uh, she's one of the great uh, unknown uh, artists, songwriters uh, in our in our time. Mm-hmm. If you want somebody to stream and really hear some really fantastic new songs, uh, Hope Dunbar. Simple as that. Uh, put it in your browser. Put it in your uh, Spotify, whatever you may use. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you like country folk style, uh, Americana, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, pop music, be quite honest with you. Uh, yeah, you got to listen to Hope. She's fantastic. All right. That's all I have. Yeah, that's all I got, too. That was uh, nice to be back. Nice to get in the rhythm. It's great to be talking baseball and watching baseball again. So, uh this is the year we get you up to Jacob Field. Yeah, right? yeah. Last year I got there and it got rained out. Yeah. So uh, hopefully this year we get back this is up the year. there. Yes. This is the year. Yeah, we'll get there hopefully. All right. For Anthony, I am Tim. We will talk to you next time right here on Radio MVP.